And welcome to another edition of Scott Wheeler's Airplay. This is episode number 33 as we are live from the Widecast Studios in downtown Peoria and going live right now on Peoria Life's Facebook page and YouTube channel. You can watch uh, past and future episodes of Airplay at PeoriaLife.com, of course their Facebook page and YouTube channel, and Peoria TV, which is channel 17 on the i3 broadband system. This is Scott Wheeler from Super Hits WIRL. Airplay is all about going behind the scenes and meeting those folks who have either been on the radio, are on the radio and television, and uh, catch up with what's been going on in their life. My guest today, uh, I guess we've had a couple of series of shows here that we could entitle, Whatever Happened To? And today we answer the question, Whatever Happened To? Lee Malcolm of the mighty 1290 WIRL. Lee is here on Airplay Today. Welcome, sir. It's good to see you. Scott, nice to see you, old buddy. <laughs> How's it going? Good. You're rocking the studios down Yes, there. yes. So I'm going to start with a story today. I, I am 100% sure you don't remember this. You, my friend, are the first person I met in Peoria Radio. I'm 17 or 18 years old. I'm getting ready to go to Bradley. And I come down here uh, thinking maybe I can work part-time at one of the stations in town while I'm going to school. My dad drives me down here to kind of get acquainted with Peoria. I had made an appointment with you over at WIRL to... And you were coming from where? Uh, Chicago, Waukegan. That's what I thought, okay. okay. So um, we had an appointment, I think, on a Friday <clears throat> afternoon. And I show up at the radio station and you are sick. You don't feel well at all, okay? And I'm sure knowing probably hung over. <laughs> I'm sure knowing the kind of guy you are, you probably would have gone home for the day, but you kept that appointment because you knew I was coming down from Chicago and here's this kid and you got to interview him and you'd really rather go home. So we go in to I assume was the general manager's office because it was big, <laughs> right on the front of the building there in Yeah, Grossabel. that was Mark Cantor. Yeah, and we sat down and talked for a few minutes, and you mentioned that you weren't feeling well, but you were glad to meet me and so forth. You couldn't have been nicer. Now you didn't hire me, but <laughs> but it was it was my introduction introduction to the great people of the Peoria radio community was you, and I, I just I've always wanted to thank you for staying that work when you uh, weren't feeling well just to talk with me. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, and I wish I would have hired you because uh, you would have been a lot better off, it turns out, than some of the clowns I did wind up hiring. Uh, you're right. I, I do not specifically recall that, but that's not unusual because I get people frequently uh -huh. mentioning some old uh, encounter uh -huh. either at the station or out and about. And it's kind of a blur. Um, <laughs> I, bet. I thought we first met at <laughs> KZ93. Ah. But that came many years many later. Many years later, yeah. Uh, so there's a blank in there somewhere <laughs> of, of multiple years. I just filled it in for you. <laughs> and, and, and the office that you mentioned was, was a, you know, it was a beauty. It was one of, the, one of the two nicest offices in the building. The other one was Fritz Fredericks uh, down at the end with the uh, wooded area outside, yeah. and he would get uh, deer and wild turkeys <laughs> come up to his window. So the two um, Imperial Majesty Grand High Exalted Mystic Rulers of the radio station had the two greatest offices. 
which is not the way it should work, but that's the way it works. Well, it was a Friday afternoon, so I was not surprised that the general manager's office was empty and you could swipe well, it for a few minutes. By, <laughs> he always left by 3 o'clock. Came in at 10, left at 3, took about an hour and a half lunch. Yeah, I know those guys. So you're an Ottawa boy, right? From up north. Born and raised in what they now call Star Rock country. Yes. My old stomping grounds. Uh -huh. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think a few of us from Ottawa have uh, passed through the Peoria area. Uh, Mark Strell, who is a weather guy on a Fox TV channel mm -hmm. in Chicago, and a few others that I can't recall. But yeah, I started at the one of two local radio stations up there, and mm -hmm. I chose the one that actually had a building that was constructed for radio. Uh, I thought it was cool. It sat along the Illinois River there up on a little bluff. Nice. And it had, it wasn't a large building, but it was uh, adequate. It was cinder block, nicely uh, decorated, had good studios. Mm -hmm. And I just went there and hung around. Mm -hmm. They let me go in and hang around. Mm -hmm. I was just some, I was a dumb, dumb kid at the mm -hmm. time, didn't know anything about radio. Uh, I just thought it was fascinating because I grew up listening to. Uh, WLS and CFL in Chicago and IRL in Peoria when we could pick it up and WROK in Rockford. Mm -hmm. So I thought, that's cool. Maybe, maybe I could do that. I was more attracted to the, <clears throat> not the technical end as in fixing transmitters, mm -hmm. but how things happen, mm -hmm. you know, behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. uh, where does that jingle come from? How do they time this stuff and so on? Mm -hmm. So I just hung around to find out how they did it. Mm -hmm. uh, being a small market station uh, that played mainly MOR or middle of the road, as we called it, uh, radio <laughs> format back then, which consisted of a lot of Percy Faith and his orchestra. Uh, and you know, Perry Como and stuff like that, yeah. and which was, they were oldies, mm -hmm. but to those MOR stations, they were, you know, part of the regular library. Mm -hmm. So I hung around at that station on a fairly regular basis, a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. uh, one day a guy got sick, and the owner uh, came into the room where I was sitting, reading and watching and just hanging out, wasting time. And he said, so-and-so sick. Uh, you think you could step over here and push a few buttons? <laughs> and I said, yeah, put me in, coach. So uh, he said, just don't, um, you've never been on the air. So he said, don't worry about the microphone. In other words, don't you dare touch that <laughs> mic switch. <laughs> so I said, no, don't worry about that. I won't. So, and I didn't, I didn't really care to. I just wanted to get the feel of how things worked. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, that, I think, attracted me more than the uh the idea of cracking a mic and mm -hmm. and talking mm -hmm. so that's where it all started and i was there for uh a couple three years i guess and then um shortly after i started at the nice studio building uh, they sold it to the library system <laughs> the building's still there but the radio station moved to a dumpy laundromat <laughs> Downtown, Moving on up. <laughs> uh, right above the laundromat, conveniently located directly across the street from Dairy Queen. 
Nice. So you can play play a long record, <laughs> order a hot dog or two, run across the street, grab your hot dogs, and and live happily ever after. But if a record was going to skip at all during your air shift back then, that's about all we played was yep. records. Um, you know it was going to skip when you ran across the street to get the hot dog. Absolutely. Sure. I first station I worked for across the street from a McDonald's and I lived for Sunday morning programming because those were a half hour and you had a half hour to go to McDonald's. But the day I locked myself out was not a good day. <laughs> How did you uh, solve that problem? I Which am... window did you break? <laughs> I'm not telling. I knew where the hide key was. <laughs> so from uh, La Salle, Peru, Ottawa, did you go to Peoria then after that? Uh, yeah. Wow, yeah. nice jump. I uh, I knew I couldn't go directly to a large market station, mm -hmm. or it was unusual, shall mm -hmm. I say. And I liked WIRL, mm -hmm. uh, what I knew about it and what I heard of it. It mm -hmm. was To me, it was like the stations I mentioned before in Chicago mm -hmm. that I listened to. So I uh, sent them back then when you applied for a job. The resume didn't really mean a whole lot. You had to have a resume. <laughs> But what really counted was your air check. Right. Uh, the tape. That can t the <laughs> tape. You send in a, yeah, a tape with a box and a label that's on nice and straight. And uh, I did that. And at that time, Bill McCluggage, <clears throat> pardon me, had cold. Uh, Bill was the program director. And he had a system that he used when he was listening to and reviewing applicants. It was the yes, no, maybe system. No went in, right in the dumpster. Uh -huh. uh, yes went right in the studio, which didn't happen, he said. They, he never gave out yeses, uh -huh. like some teachers, I guess, never gave A pluses. <laughs> uh, and then there was the maybe, and I was the maybe. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the tape that, uh, that did it. And I uh, started working overnights, part-time, then got lucky and got the 7 to midnight shift, which was a lot of fun to do. It really mm -hmm. was. Because uh, nobody bothered you. You could do pretty much whatever you want, mm -hmm. as long as you followed the format. We had real strict, tight formats mm -hmm. in the top 40 mm -hmm. uh, type stations. And as long as you followed those formats and, and did the music rotation correctly and checkmarked the logs and mm -hmm. all that, you could pretty much carry on however you wanted to. Mm -hmm. And that made it fun. There mm -hmm. wasn't somebody looking over your shoulder mm -hmm. all the time and uh, uh, it, it just was, it was fun. It was a long air shift. I can't imagine doing <laughs> like some, some of these guys like Scott Robbins and, and other guys that I know are working all day long yeah. in a studio. Yeah, yeah. And I had those days but uh, I, I'm glad I'm not doing that now. <laughs> I can't imagine doing that. So you have the distinction, I think, of working at WIRL three times. Is that right? Or have I missed one? Three or four, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's got to be that's, some kind of record. That's kind of a blur, too. Yeah. So uh, the first round was mid-70s, right? The, uh, late, yeah, well, through 81 or 82, and uh -huh. then I went to uh, Detroit. Right which is one of two cities I said I'd never go to. <laughs> said, I'll never go to Cleveland or Detroit. I went to Cleveland, you went to Detroit. So okay, which one's dumpier? <laughs> Actually, they're both kind of on an upswing yeah, right absolutely, now. Yeah. Cleveland, I believe, has cleaned itself up. And Detroit, that's going to be a more of a challenge, but it seems to be on the right path. Yeah. Anyway, I was up there, but uh, yeah, um, 
the first first time ended in about 80, 81, and then I was somehow got sucked back into it in the 90s when a station had no idea what it wanted to do. It was going through, you know, a news talk approach, mm -hmm. which I told them was, I thought, crazy because WMBD radio was so entrenched. Right. They had the history, um, they had the reputation, and it was a quality product that they were putting out. And I asked the powers that be, I said, okay, I can do this, uh, I'll put it together for you, uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to be negative, I'm just trying to be realistic, I don't think you have a snowball's chance. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course that was proved correct, I didn't take a, a, a rocket scientist to figure that out, <laughs> but they thought they could make a go of it. Mm -hmm. So we put on a pretty good sounding format, but most of it really was dictated by um, someone else. Mm -hmm. uh, but we executed and, and mm -hmm. carried out the format, took care of the details. It wasn't fun, really. Mm. Um, I didn't do very much on the air except what they call imaging, which mm. is IDs and things right. like that, as you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't. And then the third time, um, was in 2013. Right. And I stayed for about three years. Mm -hmm. And you and I almost wound up we working together. We just missed each other. Ships, ships in the night, you know. <laughs> and that would have been fun. But, right. you know, that's the way it is. I, I think most of us in this business, especially when you get into the local markets, mm -hmm. we've all crossed paths, worked together, mm -hmm. uh, probably have been associated with most call letters in mm -hmm. town at one time <laughs> or another, and that's just the nature of the, yeah. the business. So I want to talk about some of the folks at WIRL over the years that you had the opportunity to work with. Uh, we'll start with uh, the late Mark Truelove. What was that like? He, he seemed like just the most affable guy next door kind of guy he was he was the yeah. same on on and off yeah air. and uh he was he was loyal he was a hard worker mm. um i'm not sure what year i had been at the station i think on my second tour through there mm -hmm. for a short time mm -hmm. six months or mm -hmm. something when we landed true love and uh everybody liked him uh he he got along well with staff and public alike mm -hmm. uh, he would uh, talk about anything most of the most of his years at WIRO were during that period of time when the station was trying to figure out mm -hmm. what to do mm -hmm. so when he came on board it was still a music oriented <clears throat> uh, radio station then it was a mix of music and talk and yakking about nothing. Uh, well, he, he could do that. He did that real well. Uh, most radio people have a have a given talent to, to uh, talk. There used to be a sign in the studio that said, "Sit long, talk much." <laughs> and so we we tend to have a knack for that. Uh, there's another word for that, uh, but. Uh, so yeah, he was kind of in that transitional period, mm -hmm. and then it wound up being 100% talk, mm -hmm. and he he really excelled at that. Mm -hmm. He was he was a natural. One of the problems that we had uh, that he dealt with uh, in a pretty good fashion, actually, in a small or medium market like this one, mm -hmm. um, you, if you take a lot of phone calls and you rely on phone calls, 
And I warned him of this too. <laughs> so you're going to get the same, same people, people over yeah. and over yeah. and over. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. But he handled it quite well. Yeah. Uh, we didn't block. Hi, Darlene. How are you? <laughs> how are the kids? <laughs> yep, I've been there. So the uh, the mid '80s is where you and I crossed paths at KZ93. I came back from Cleveland, you were there, and the thing about KZ93 that had to be weird for you is it kind of represented the undoing of WIRL. That's exactly right. Yet you went and worked there. That had to be a little weird for Oh, you me. have to love your enemies. You know? <laughs> they, they weren't really enemies, but we saw the train coming. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, the the time when FM music-oriented radio stations were mm -hmm. just blowing away AM music radio mm -hmm. stations. There aren't hardly any AM stations playing music right. these days. It would uh, it would take a lot of guts to do mm -hmm. that and think you're going to make it. But back then, we saw KZ coming. We saw the shift over to the FM band, and mm -hmm. we thought, there's nothing we can do to stop this. Mm -hmm. So... We tried for a while. I mean, under direction, too. We would do little snips back and forth and things <laughs> like that. But we knew it was like uh, into the wind, you know. It wasn't, <laughs> wasn't going to have any impact. And, yeah, that station um, quickly rose in the ratings. It was a good mm -hmm. station, played the hits, had some good jocks mm -hmm. like Scott Wheeler and uh, others. And, um, yeah, eventually I, I wound up... I don't know how it came about. I don't know <laughs> if they approached me or I approached them. I honestly do not recall. Mm -hmm. But wound up there for a while, and those were fun days mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And got along with everybody, was welcome to board, and, you know, we were all yeah. one family. Like, mm -hmm. you work for a group now downtown mm -hmm. that I worked for a few years ago, and we're all family. Yep. These were bitter radio enemies and rivals <laughs> at one time, and now you're all united in common cause. Yeah. I, I skipped over uh, asking you about a dear, late friend of both of us who we've got to talk about for a little bit, Howard Taylor, well, HT. Not much time. Not much time, but I'll give you a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Howard, I met Howard in Ottawa, hired him in Ottawa, uh, met him at the bus stop at the pool hall on a Sunday morning. We immediately hit it off, became friends, close friends over the years. And we worked in Ottawa for a while, then I went to Peoria to WIRL. Howard uh, left for Missoula, Montana, which uh, caused some concern to mm -hmm. some of us. And he wound up uh, at WIRL. How that came about was we didn't have cell phones, and he was on the road uh, with a U-Haul behind his car going to Missoula. We had an opening come up at WIRL. The then program director, my good buddy Bill McCluggage, called me and said, Howard Taylor, where is he? And I said, because they already knew about him. Mm -hmm. I had put the word in mm -hmm. and uh, gave, given a, a tape, I think, to, to Clug, as we called Bill McCluggage. And they said, is there a way to stop him? I said, I don't know how. He's out on the highway. So and no I, cell phones. No cell phones. <laughs> um, hollering wouldn't work. Uh, <laughs> so I actually called the state police. <laughs> and explain the situation. <laughs> and I said, I'll tell you what, if, if you can do me a favor, I'll, I'll uh, come over with a bunch of donuts. <laughs> and, and they actually did. They tracked him down out in the middle of nowhere. and they That is amazing. Very gently <laughs> pulled him over. <laughs> and he turned around and he came to Peoria and took the job, called the, called the folks in Missoula and 
hated to back out, but he couldn't couldn't uh, continue, and he wanted to come here. Man, so if he I stayed here, he didn't have any enemies. He was a great ambassador. Yes, he for was for the station. He knew everybody in town, mm -hmm. uh, and you know we all miss him dearly. Yeah, he always would begin the conversation with me with, Mister Wheeler, you're a gentleman and a scholar. But you're all right. He used that a lot. I was, I, I was the same guy. Only, only the name was different. Well, I mean, we, he did mine real slow. He'd call up on the phone just to chit chat for two and a half hours. And he would say, Mr. Malcolm. And I go, Hey, she, what's that? And we were off solving yeah. the problems of the world. The world, yep, man. Well, you're right. We're out of time. This went extremely fast, so we'll have you back on a part two. Lee Malcolm, who spent many a year at WIRL and uh, other stations as well. we got to talk about Detroit next time because I know that was legendary in its own right. This has been Airplay. We'll uh, have another edition next week, Tuesday around 10 a.m. Remember, you can see this episode and others at uh, PeoriaLife.com, Peoria Life's Facebook page and YouTube channel, and Peoria TV channel 17 on the i3 broadband system. Until next week, this is Scott Wheeler for Airplay. PeoriaLife.com.